0: Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Our second scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of John. John chapter 9, verses 1 to 41. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth... When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am he. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, We know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that now he sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So... For the second time they called the man who had been blind and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. Then the man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins. And are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see. And those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would not have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. The word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Anyone here ever dreamed of having their own fire truck? (laughs) On Monday morning, I pulled into the church parking lot, and there was an antique fire truck parked in our church parking lot. So I got out of my car, I took a picture of myself in front of it, and I thought to myself, how amazing is this? Someone left a fire truck in our church parking lot. But here's the thing. I don't think everyone even noticed it. Uh, or if they did, they stayed in their car and just looked at it. It was parked in the, in the lot where a lot of preschool parents line up to drop off their kids at our preschool. I can imagine that most of the preschoolers noticed this antique fire truck wanting to get out of their cars to climb on it. And I can also imagine that many of the parents who were dropping their preschoolers off had other things on their mind. I want you to know that the only reason I dedicated so much attention to the fire truck was because I no longer have a preschooler in the car Back when I did, I didn't have time to notice fire trucks. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was always rushing to get off to work, feeling like I was mediocre at absolutely everything. I felt mediocre in those days about my job because it seemed like every other week I had to stay home with a sick kid at school so I wasn't getting all my work done. I felt mediocre at exercise because I always had middle-of-the-night wake-up duty. So if one of the girls had a cough, I got up with them, and then I didn't feel like getting up early in the morning to run. I felt mediocre even in marriage because for that season of life, Sarah and I were more like nannies or drivers than husband and wife. However, today, with... 11 and 13 year old daughters I'm getting plenty of sleep I have time to notice the world around me I have uh, with these older kids at home I-, I love seeing little kids And sometimes I, I stop and I talk with them My, my favorite part of the workday is at 12 o'clock At 12 o'clock, I'm usually on my way out to lunch. I walk through the gathering area just right out there. All the preschool kids are lined up, ready to be picked up by their parents. Little Kate Callahan sometimes stops me. One day, she noticed that I had cut myself. What happened to your face, Mr. Joe, she asked me. Well, I've been shaving for years now, but sometimes I get in a hurry and I still cut myself shaving, I told her. One of her classmates, Colt Cardin, said, My daddy shaves with a mirror. Do you have a mirror to shave with, Mr. Joe? <laughs> I told him I'd think about getting one of those. <laughs> and I walked away from that conversation with a big smile on my face because the light shines so brightly in those kids. But we must slow down to notice it. We don't always have the time to slow down. We are all sometimes too busy to slow down. None of us has enough time to notice the whole world around us. Our minds are focused on other things. There are plenty of things in this world to worry about or be busy over. There are some seasons of life when it feels like all we can do is tread water, hardly aware of the world around us. Sometimes the light shines and we are blinded by it rather than rejoicing in it. That's the theme of our second scripture lesson from the Gospel of John. It was a long scripture lesson I read for y'all this morning. And in case you got lost in those 40-something verses, let me briefly summarize what I read. Jesus healed a man of his blindness. But this miracle made the religious authorities of the day anxious because he had healed the man on the Sabbath. In those days, you weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath. Everything was closed. Everybody rested. A healing sounded like work to the religious authorities. So they tried to crack down on Jesus, who didn't observe the rules and the customs of the day, and they went after the formerly blind boy's parents. When they went after them, his parents felt attacked. They didn't want to get into trouble, so they told the religious authorities to go and ask their son about it. What can you tell us about the man who healed you, they asked him. The boy who had been blind said... Only one thing do I know, that I was blind and now I see. That seems to me to be the main thing, yet the religious authorities didn't see it that way. They looked right over the miracle as though they had been blinded by it. So Jesus said to them, I came into this world so that those who are blind might see and those who think they can see would recognize that they are blind. The religious authorities heard him say this, and they said to him, surely we are not blind, are we? This is a wonderful question for anyone to ask him or herself. Surely I am not blind, am I? Well, of course I am. We all are. When I was a father of two preschoolers, I had to be at least 50% blind. I had to be 50% blind to survive. You can't go walking around like Mr. Rogers at the pencil factory, noticing every detail, asking a million questions when you have diapers to change, two kids to get to school, a job to do, and a spouse to take out to dinner at least once or twice a month. But here's the word I have for you today. If you are at least 50% blind, don't be blind to the good stuff. Don't be blind to the miracles. Don't be blind to the light of the world. That's what happened to the religious authorities. They were blinded by the light of the world. The miracle overwhelmed them. So they went back to analyzing the intricacies of the Sabbath laws. They huddled up and they started saying to each other, he was working on the Sabbath. Can you believe he would work on the Sabbath? Isn't that horrible? He should have more respect. No! All that they were worried about, all that they could see was beside the point. So if you have the choice between paying attention to the Sabbath laws or noticing that a blind man has just received his sight, always pay more attention to the miracle than the Sabbath law. Pay more attention to the laughter than the pain. Spend more time discussing the light than the social conventions. Spend more time noticing the good news than watching the bad news on TV. Parents, you don't always have the bandwidth to live up to the standards set by society. So drop what is unessential and rely on God's grace. So that you see what matters most And don't worry so much about all the details That's what I want you to hear this morning Because we are all running around On these hamster wheels in this life Someone was Asked to describe what it was like When her second child was born She said, well It's like I was treading water in a pool holding a baby, and then somebody handed me another one. (laughs) If life is that overwhelming, then worry about what matters. If you're treading water in a pool holding two babies, don't worry about how you look in your swimsuit. Stop paying attention to what's going on in Washington, D.C. and pay more attention to the people in your neighborhood. Stop and notice that a fire truck is parked in the parking lot and stop worrying about where your rich friends went on their last vacation. We all get distracted from the main thing, but do not be blinded to the light of the world. Focus on the light and don't worry so much about all the darkness. Do you know what I mean by that? Focus on the miracle. Listen for the good news and don't sweat the small stuff. The worst thing that happens in this second scripture lesson is is what happens to to the boy's parents. Did you hear what the disciples asked Jesus at the very beginning of our second scripture lesson? Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Don't you know that those two parents had been asking each other that same question since the day of his birth? Whose fault is this? Whose side has the genes, yours or mine? Parents can test for this kind of thing now, and I wonder if that's a good or bad thing to be able to find out about. Because while we want to know whose fault it is, Having the right person to blame is not always the main thing. The main thing is that miracles happen. The main thing is that miracles are all around us, so take the time to see them. Don't be blinded by the light of the world, see them. Recognize Him. Follow Him. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia. Or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.